Welcome to LOA Today. Walt Thiessen and Anne-Marie McGillen here on this Sunday, November the 18th, 2018. It is 8 p.m. Eastern Time. That's 5 p.m. Los Angeles Time. It's after midnight, 1 a.m. in London. And in Sydney, Australia, it's 12 noon. So it's lunchtime in Sydney, Australia. And we hope that you've all been having a great weekend. We've been having a good one ourselves. Um, in fact, uh, earlier today, Cindy Chavez and I did a, a Neville Goddard Q&A on the Facebook Law of Attraction Changed My Life group. And it was very successful. A lot of people showed up, a lot of great questions. So that was like the culmination of my weekend right there. That was just a few hours ago, Anne-Marie, and I, I feel energized from it. I mean, we had a lot of people coming through. It was really good. So, yeah. Well, that's great. I wish I could have done that. I was uh, otherwise occupied uh, <laughs> with uh, church and family and whatnot, mm. so I'm going to have to check that out. Yeah, yeah. Well, you also had, uh, I mean, when you have family visiting, you, you everything else has to take second fiddle to that. I mean, so, you know. It does. It really it does. does. Yes. So that's a good thing. So I hope you had a great visit with them. And uh, yes. we we are taking up a topic that we announced on the Law of Attraction Changed My Life group last week. How to introduce the Law of Attraction to other people, which is a good question because it's one of those things where it, it's kind of like, Religion, politics, and the great pumpkin. you got to be really careful what you say, right? <laughs> yeah. This is true. I mean, you, you, can get your, you can put your foot in it if you, if you express this stuff to the wrong people or under the wrong circumstances or whatever. So you have to be selective about it. And so I'm, I'm glad that we're talking about it for today's episode. Um, it's, it, it's also one of those things where you see it in the Facebook groups a lot. Uh, people talking about how there's some, uh, maybe a significant other in their life or something like that. And they've been trying to get the other person interested in law of attraction. And the other person just isn't buying it. They just aren't getting into it at all. And so it, it's making them feel bad because they can't seem to get their partner on the same page as them. And now all of a sudden they're in some sort of a downward spiral. How are they going to climb out of that one? And yeah, well, I can see how that happens because I'm fortunate enough, you're fortunate enough to be involved with people who really do understand how the whole thing works and really do buy into it and do um, believe in, in being a deliberate creator. But that's a tough situation to be in when you're talking about somebody you're, you're really emotionally close to who's just not into it, just not into it. Right, right. And, uh, and gosh, that, that can happen in so many ways. Uh, and it's And it's difficult when you're especially if you're living with someone who doesn't get it. Yeah. Uh, I know I basically had to introduce it to Mike, who's now my husband. When uh, we first started dating, I had to introduce it to him because it's my whole life. Mm. I mean, it's just my whole life. Right. So I had to introduce it to him, and he was not aware of it before. So it was all a lot of new concepts, a lot of new, just a whole different, just different, different ways of seeing things, different, mm -hmm. different perceptions and different universal forces in existence that you just don't understand or know about before you're told about them. Absolutely. So, oh, yeah. And you do have to be yes. introduced to it. I mean, <clears throat> the world had to be introduced to it. Um by a number of different people over the years. Um, we, we were talking before the podcast about Neville Goddard, who never called it the law of attraction, but what he was teaching was essentially the law of attraction. And you have Abraham Hicks, and, and you have Tony Robbins, who never really used 
the term very much at all, but a lot of what he was doing was law of attraction. And you can kind of go through the list. Wayne Dyer, I mean, there's a whole bunch of people who have done stuff, taught stuff, been gurus of stuff that either included the phrase law of attraction or in some way were actually teaching it. And yet, despite that fact, most people still don't even know. I mean, the, the, the movie The Secret came out in 2006, I think it was, 2006, 2007, something like that, and was a phenomenal uh, success around the world. And yet, even with that, still, most of the world had never heard of the law of attraction, didn't really know what it was, even though it was being introduced to them in, in a rather simple way by The Secret. So, yeah, and right. to this day, I mean... I, I, if I had to guess, I'm going to guess 5 to 10% of the world is even aware of it. Not being an expert at it, just, just like aware of it, you know, and that means 80 to 90, 95% don't even know. Yeah, I have no idea. But, you know, I, I do think that the Bible is actually the first source of information <clears throat> that I've heard of and been aware of. I'm sure there are older texts, but mm -hmm. I'm just not familiar with them at all. When I read the Bible, if you look at it through the lens of the law of attraction, you can see oh, yeah. that it's actually teaching the very principles of the law of attraction. It's just that it's it's so muddied and it's so uh, clouded with stories and verbiage that we just don't, we're not familiar with. And not only that, but there's a language issue because it wasn't right. written in English. Right. So things get mistranslated. Mm -hmm. But looking back now on it, I, I really see the I really see the value in it much more so by looking at the Bible through the law of attraction the, that lens. And that's where I think Neville Goddard is really instrumental for me because I grew up learning the Bible. I'm I grew up Catholic, so mm -hmm. I learned that the Bible was the book. You know, right. that's where you go to for your source. And I. I still believe that there are a lot of great truths in the Bible, mm -hmm. but I had trouble along the way because there were so much falsities in the Bible. There was yeah. so much in the Bible that just did not resonate with me. And mm. I was like, no, how can that be? And, you know, one of the big ones, uh, I guess we can just jump right into it. Cause yeah. Oh, I, well, actually, since we, uh, since we announced this in the group too, I want to add in, if anybody has any comments they want to add among people who are listening in, and we do have people listening in, you know, feel free to jump in in the comments section and I'll, um, be monitoring that and I'll, I'll kick in and, and include that in the conversation as we're going along here. But yeah, go ahead. Take, take it where you're going. <laughs> Great. So one of the things that I always struggled with in the Bible, and I, I don't, can't even give you the verse, uh, but it was talking about the women, the woman being subjective to her husband and the woman mm. has to obey her husband. Mm -hmm. And I think that has been one of the, one of the most mistranslated, uh, statements or concepts in the Bible. Mm -hmm. And I know it, I, I don't want to say it ruined my life, but it certainly had a big impact on my life and mm -hmm. certainly my parents and certainly generations going back and going back and back where the woman was always dutiful to her husband and the husband was in charge and the woman was sort of, you know, beneath the husband, so to speak. Right. And that just never sat well with me at all. And I've had to really work at feeling equal or feeling good enough or feeling valued enough to be on par with my mate. Mm -hmm. 
And just the other day, I was listening to Neville, and he said that, and he was even quoting from people before him who were talking about the conscious and the subconscious being the male and the female. Right. Mm -hmm. And when you look at it in that, in those terms, all of a sudden it makes sense. All of a sudden it's like, Oh, I get it now. Mm -hmm. That makes so much more sense. Mm -hmm. And that's logical. And that's, that's, you know, like that's legitimate. (laughs) That's legitimate. And, uh, so, so I'm, I'm just learning so much more now about, the differences between the conscious mind and the subconscious mind and how they interact with each other. Uh, I just find it fascinating. I just love learning. And, you know, Sylvia Brown, because uh, she taught me the word Gnostic, I'm like, I'm a Gnostic. I just want to learn more and more. And more. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, absolutely. A good word too, Gnostic. So, um, yeah, when I think about uh, the Bible, I mean, my own experience is colored very much in, you know, in my own experience because when I was 13, I became a communicant member of the Presbyterian Church where I was brought up, and when I was 14, I left the church. <laughs> and it was traumatic. It was a traumatic experience because my father was the biggest giver in the church. He was like one of the major donors of the church. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. And, and my uncle was number two. <laughs> so our, our family gave a lot to that church. And my dad was a big... Both my dad and my uncle were were really big in the church. My mom played a big role in the church and so forth. And I had gone through the whole thing. I mean, I had had become a communicant member. I'd taken all the classes and so forth. I'd learned all the stuff I was supposed to learn, but it wasn't sitting completely right with me. And so I took it upon myself at the age of 13 slash 14 to read the Bible cover to cover. And when I did that, it destroyed what limited faith I had. (laughs) Because there's a lot in there that the preachers don't go to. I mean, they they go to, you know, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. There's a whole bunch there that they skip over. You know, they'll go to Job, they'll go to Psalms, they'll go to Proverbs. But there's some stuff in there, and you start reading it, and you say to yourself, I don't care what language this was written in. I don't care what metaphor you want to apply to it. I cannot get behind a God that condones murder, slavery, theft, all kinds of horrible things. I mean, that's that's just not matching up at all with what I believed in. So that was, that was really, really rough for me. When I first heard about the law of attraction, I realized, like what you said, there are a number of themes in the Bible that are very law of attraction-like. In fact, there's one that I think is pure law of attraction. That is the idea of sowing and reaping. Sowing and reaping is the law of attraction. You, as you sow, you'll, you'll, you'll also reap. And it doesn't matter whether you're sowing something positive or sowing something negative. You're, whatever you sow, you're going to reap. In fact, I used to think to myself, you know, thinking about uh, people who are very strongly religious and who are almost rigidly religious in their beliefs and so forth and who use the Bible as like a, a, a cudgel to beat you with and so forth. And I think to myself, did you guys read that part of the Bible? <laughs> Do you guys understand what you're doing? You're putting all this junk out there. You're pulling all this this hatred and this anger and frustration out there and expecting to get love back. I mean, don't you read your own Bible? <laughs> but, you know, not to get into to a, a big biblical discussion there. That's really not where we're trying to go. But it does illustrate how we can have very different viewpoints on this kind of subject as human beings. And so 
no wonder when we try to introduce a subject to somebody else, depending on what their viewpoint is, it can be a tough sell. It can be a really tough sell, especially, well, it would have been a tough sell for me the first time if somebody had tried to introduce it to me before I'd even seen The Secret or, or read Abraham Hicks because I was a very logical-minded person. I was I, I had, uh, early on in my life, I had given up on religion. And so I... I I'm not sure if I was an atheist or agnostic. I, let's let's just say I was very very doubting. We'll put it that way. So anything that that involved the idea of faith or belief was anathema to me. I mean, I I was just not open to it at all. The only reason I became open enough to see and read uh, the secret and to absorb what it was saying is I had reached a point in my life where I was in a lot of pain, and at that point I wasn't willing to listen to just about anything. Yeah. So, so it kind of came, and it, as so often happens, when uh, the student is ready, the teacher will appear. Well, I was ready, and the secret appeared. You know, it just like one after the other. So, it kind of makes sense. Right. But up until that point, I would have been a resistant person for sure. So, if somebody had come to me and, and tried to just introduce it to me, I probably would not have received it at all. And I think yeah. there's a lesson in there. I think the lesson is th- this is kind of like a rule I try to follow. I think you probably do too. I don't try to introduce it to somebody who isn't asking for it. I try to follow that same principle. When the, the student is ready, the teacher will appear. And if I don't see that, that the, the person is asking for, you know, what is this thing, what's it about, and so forth, I don't want to try to shove it down their throats. I don't want to try to make them believe in this thing. Because you, it, 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 takes a, it, it takes a lot of application and belief and thought and deep soul-searching and so forth before you finally say, you know what, this stuff makes sense. But you have to go through that process, I think. I mean, is that is that your experience? It looks like it is from the way you're nodding your head. <laughs> well, I, I think that it definitely works best when somebody's asking for something or looking for something. Mm. I try to uh, listen a lot to people to to hear what they're saying, sometimes through what they're saying. Mm, right. And, uh, and if somebody's really searching for something or unhappy with something in their life, uh, a lot of times I'll... I'll gently bring it up and I'll say, well, have you thought about this or have you thought about, you know, and, and a lot of times it'll just be, I won't necessarily talk about the law of attraction, but I'll talk about its principles and I'll talk about staying in alignment and a uni- a positive universal flow of energy that mm-hmm. exists in the world and that you know, sort of brings you everything that you want. And when you're open to it and when you're joyful and when you're feeling loving, that's when you're open to that universal flow. Mm-hmm. You know, especially if you're feeling gratitude, you're open to that universal flow. So sometimes I teach or I'll talk about the essentials of law of attraction without actually saying, oh, I want to teach you about the law of attraction. <laughs> right. You know, and then other times... If I feel a person's ready or really curious about it and, and might really like the sort of more scientific aspect of it, I might talk about the universal force that is the law of attraction. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just, it's all individual. But I, I think that, like you said, and you make a very good point, that when the student's ready, the teacher will appear. You really have to be selective about when it's time to talk to somebody about that and, and really go with your gut on how to approach that. Yeah. Yeah. It plays a big role. I think one of the, 
I think one of the best ways to teach it is what Abraham suggests is just living it mm. and living it and being it right. all the time, just living it and being it. And other people will see that you are manifesting the things that you have talked about mm -hmm. and you have a good life and people will say to you, gee, how does that happen for you? How do you <laughs> get what you want? And how, and then you can certainly bring it up and talk about it. And you go, yeah. well, this is what I try to do. Mm -hmm. So that's what I try to do more than anything. And, and am I successful some of the time? Mm -hmm. Not all the time, but I try. We're, <laughs> I try. Hey, we're, we're all students of this thing. We're all trying to get better at it. And we all make mistakes. And we all get improvements. And we learn stuff along the way. That's just... I really do believe that since the law of attraction is a, a law of life, it really applies to everything in our lives. It has everything that has come into our lives has come in um, in some way through the law of attraction. Because of that, and because we're here living and learning and doing and having fun, that means we're living and learning and doing and having fun. We're 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 learning. We're constantly learning. It's just going ongoing, you know. Right. So, you know, if right. I if I had met anybody who actually knew how to do it perfectly every time, the first thing I would do is doubt it. Like, really? Every time? Every time you've learned how to do it exactly the way you want to do it every time? Wow. I want to hang out with you for a while. <laughs> right. 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 So, um, and my, my husband has a, hey, bring that back here. My husband has a, uh, a four line sort of synopsis of the law of attraction mm -hmm. that I think is really good. And, What's that? And for him, it works really well. And, you know, it might for other people too. And it, and it's very simple. It says, as you think you feel, as you feel, you radiate. Oh. As you radiate, you create. So as you think you feel, as you feel, you radiate, as you radiate, you create. That's good. And it, that's certainly true. Mm -hmm. It's certainly true. It's not always easy, but, uh, I mean, it's not always easy to do deliberately, I should say, because we're doing it all the time. Funny thing is, it it, it actually is simple. But you're right; it's it not easy. But it's it not easy. It's not easy, right? <laughs> that's, that's Wait exactly a minute! How right. could that possibly be? <laughs> it's very simple. It really is very simple. But and yet, you can look at it at different levels, and it gets deeper and deeper and deeper and more. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, more intricate as you start talking about the subconscious and the conscious and, and the feelingness of it, because it's not just as you're thinking, you also, you know, you've got to feel it mm -hmm. and you've got to, as Neville talks about, imagine it and yeah. imagine yourself having that thing or being in that state, which you want to be in. And so I'm, I'm thinking now more that I really need to spend time being in that state, not just thinking about it or imagining it in my mind just for a second or two, but really staying with it and especially staying in it right before I go to sleep. Mm -hmm. That's, I think that's really important. And that's something that I really haven't done. I mean, every morning I wake up, I think about the things I'm grateful for. I spend time in appreciation to get me going in the right way, but uh, just lately, I've been thinking more and more before I go to bed about 
what it is I really want to manifest mm-hmm. and how that would feel. And so now that's what I'm working on. We'll, that's we'll good. No, that's good. I, I've been working on it before bed too, actually. And uh, I, I know exactly what you mean about how it, you get the morning pattern going, but you don't necessarily have the evening pattern going. Um, although I do have the advantage that Louise and I for years have been doing the uh, three good things thing where we'll ask each other, you know, what are, what are three good things that happened today? And then go over that, you know, before we go to bed. Um, but the, That's nice. yeah, it is nice. It, it actually is, is a, is a helpful process. One of the things that Cindy Chavez mentioned today during uh, the afternoon podcast where we did the Q and A on Neville really kind of stuck with me. In fact, it stuck with me so well. I, I don't always go back to replay our, our podcast, but I'm going to go back and replay that one for that one particular segment because she said it so well. But the gist of it, she was talking about money, attracting money, but it would really apply to anything. She talked about how very much of the time, I won't say all the time, but very much of the time when we're trying to attract something, we're, we're doing it from the perspective of lack without realizing it because we need it or we want it so much. And, oh, yeah. and, and it's a really important point. Ninety-nine tenths out of 100, when we're trying to manifest something, we're originally starting from a point of lack because the desire got built. The desire came up. And that desire, that's that rocket of desire that Abraham talks about. But the thing is, yeah. while you're in that particular place of, of, of expressing that desire, you're in a position of lack. The, the next step is to actually switch yourself over into the living in the now state where you feel it and you experience it and you believe it and you, and you, you basically are letting the universe deliver it for you. And right. and that's that plus the receiving part, actually perhaps even the receiving part is, is more often, that's where we stumble. That's where we, we kind of, um, you know, lose track of what, what our role is in all this thing. Um, yeah, and lose faith. And lose faith, exactly. Yeah. But that it, it's such a key point. We... We have to remember, whenever we're putting those requests out there, to let the requests go and move on to the next step and not hang on to them. And not just remember that, but also notice the ways we hang on to them anyway. <laughs> because very often we'll put it out there and we aren't even realizing how we're holding on to it. But we are. We're, it's, like, it's almost like, it's almost like we, we grabbed a hold of the tail of the rocket. You know, the, the tail fins of the rocket. And we're expecting the rocket to pull us up with it as it's flying into the air. It, you know, it's like we're hanging on to it for dear life. You're like, come on, give me the thing I want. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Neville talks about not talking of what we want, but from what we want. Right. That was another thing that I, just a little semantic of the difference between of and from. And I was like, right, and which is which is hard, which is really hard. Mm-hmm. You know, especially if you're talking about, Maybe being, uh, let's say you've got a, an ailment, a physical ailment, and you want it to go away and you want to feel healthy. Hard to talk like you're already healthy mm. and you're talking from the perspective yes. of being a healthy person. Right. And he suggests that you use the term, remember when, remember when I was sick, remember when I was feeling ill. Remember when I was alone. Remember when I was uh, broke. Remember when I was... And that suggests to the subconscious that you're not it anymore. And I was like, wow, I got hmm. to keep looking at that one. Yeah, that's interesting. So, yeah. It's funny how you can say these different things to the subconscious and have the subconscious pick up on it and interpret it a certain way. Hmm. So... 
It probably so also depends. That's depend- what I'm working on. It probably also depends on how you f- are feeling about it when you're saying "remember when." If you're saying "remember when" and kind of reliving the past, it's probably not having the same effect. But if you're treating "remember when" as "oh, that was the past; it no longer applies," then right. it works. Yeah. And it could go either way, really. It just depends which way yeah. you're you're thinking about it. Yeah, that's true. I hadn't thought about that. Hmm. I mean, it's not a bad idea. The, the idea is a good idea. Don't get me wrong. I like it. It's just that we we got to keep in mind, are we thinking about it in terms of where we're feeling right now? Or are we thinking, remembering, oh, yeah, I had that in the past, but it's no longer there. If we're thinking of it right. that way, then that's a great way to, to leave stuff behind. I think, uh, yeah. So I, I might start. I might. I, I might start embracing that one. I've got to. Hundred a bit more. <laughs> well, that's why I want to go listen to the podcast I did with Cindy because she said it so well. And I, of course, I was monitoring over here. Okay, who, who's asking the next question and so forth, and getting everything ready to feed to her so she could answer the questions. But uh, it's like I made a mental note, like replay that part because that part was really, really good. <laughs> In fact, I think I'm going to turn that into a short segment and post it on YouTube. I have a, a channel now for like ten minute segments, you know, for for just getting that quick. That quick feed, that quick uh, uh, dose yeah. of, of LOA, but yeah, oh, that's great. Now, is that right from the from your Facebook page of the, your daily dose, or is it from, or, or did you just are you posting it's, them on the? Uh, it's actually a channel I haven't I haven't done anything with it yet. I have I have added a channel in my YouTube account because you can put multiple channels in your account, and I've created this this channel that's just for short snippet type stuff, but I haven't started adding to it yet. I've got, a, I've got a short list now of things that I want to add to it. I just haven't gotten to it yet, but, <laughs> but it's the plan. The plan is to, to have these little short snippets. Um, and based on the idea of what um, some of my newer co-hosts, the younger ones have been saying, um, Alex and Carlos and Drew have all been telling me, you know, remember people, they, they want a quick fix. They, they don't have a whole lot of time. So make something 10 minutes or less that they can listen to really quickly while they're getting ready in the morning or something like that. And I said, yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. I should be doing that. So that's yeah, what, I like that idea. Yeah. So there's going to be the, the quick fix channel. <laughs> yeah. So they're going to be short videos then. Yeah. Video. Whenever I have video, I'll, I'll, I'll post video. In some cases it'll be um, audio or maybe just audio with, with my image only because in some cases, my co-host can't always connect by camera, so it, you know right. it'll, it'll be a mixture. But the point is, it'll have short content. That's really what we really really need in there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I think that's a great idea. Yeah, yeah. So should yeah. be fun. Um, yeah. Oh, <laughs> one of our uh, listeners who was at the uh, uh, the afternoon podcast, Jeffrey drops by and says, two in one day." <laughs> <laughs> And Jeffrey, actually, yeah. believe it or not, I do two a day, Monday through Friday. I do one in the morning, one in the, in the afternoon. So this is not unusual for me. The only thing that's unusual is doing two on a weekend day. But other than that. <laughs> right. So ask him, can you ask him what was his uh, his biggest takeaway from this afternoon or what was the question that or the answer that? Well, you just did because he's listening. So, <laughs> so well, Jeffrey. Oh, okay, Jeffrey. <laughs> what was the, your biggest takeaway from this afternoon, if there was one, or maybe just one good question that that you heard, or or one new thought that you learned about? Interesting point. He he just posted something about what we said previously. Encourage people to take the time to listen and participate, and I agree with you on that. Um, but uh, he he hasn't answered that one, so we'll give him a little time to answer that one. Um, that sounds good. Okay. Getting back to the the main question, though, the main question, how do you introduce this topic to somebody 
who has never heard this stuff before. And, and once we've identified somebody who is at least receptive to it, now we've got, okay, we have a basis for a conversation, right? But still, the question is, how do you go about it? I mean, what's your, what, what's your way of doing it? I know for me, I usually just start with a really quick definition and then watch their mind boggle and then see if I can unboggle them. <laughs> but uh, I, I usually go with a real simple one. The law of attraction is like attracts like. It's that simple. And then they give me the quizzical look, and then I try to explain it some. But what's your what approach do you take? You do something similar, or how do you do it? Well, actually, one of the things that I say to people is, uh, you know, about Murphy's law. Mm -hmm. They go, yeah, isn't that where like things start going bad and it just keeps getting worse? <laughs> like exactly. Like that's actually based on the law of attraction, which is like attracts like, and we're talking about energy here. Mm. So like energy attracts like energy. And so if you start thinking about one bad thing and you're thinking negative thoughts, then you attract more negative thoughts. And then you just keep thinking about more negative thoughts and more negative thoughts are attracted to you. And you're just going to keep experiencing more negativity. Mm -hmm. And that's one way that I will go into the conversation when I think, somebody's ready for it because oddly enough, I think people understand negative easier than they understand positive. Oh, or, I agree with that. Like, you know, yeah, we're, we're attracted to the negative somehow. Well, very, we, we came to a world of contrast and we did so deliberately and contrast right. is a combination of positive and negative stuff. We like and stuff we don't like. We came deliberately right. into this place where, where there's stuff that we don't like. So, yeah, there's going to be a certain um, interest, I guess, in the negative. And, and that interest is pretty strong. I mean, it's stronger than I like in many in many situations. I mean, I see people oh, yeah. entertaining themselves with stuff that I consider to be vulgarly, uh, you know, awfully negative. And yet oh, they love too. it. They love it. They just yeah. thrive on it. They just think, oh, yeah, give me more, give me more. And I'm thinking, oh, God, yeah. you really want to do that to yourself? Oh. <laughs> Yeah, I I don't understand it. Well, it's not up to us to understand it. I mean, all we have to understand is they are diving into the contrast. And, the, well, there's more to it than that, actually. When we dive into the contrast, when we experience contrast, it ends up putting us in places that don't feel comfortable. And the more uncomfortable we become, then we start making uh, preferences, rockets of desire, as Abraham calls them. We, we, we start putting out these things. Like, I, I want it to be different. I want it to be this way instead of that way. And then we, perhaps we even get to a place where we're so uncomfortable that we make major shifts in our life. And Abraham tells us when we're making these shifts, when, when we're making these changes in our thought patterns and in, in what we're desiring and so forth, we are helping with the expansion of everything that is. That's why we, right. that's the explanation they give us about why we came here. We came here to contribute to the expansion of all that is. So we're actually fulfilling our destiny, if you want to call it that. I don't personally believe in destiny, but you know, it, 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 you want to know why we came here? We came here to do that. So they're just fulfilling what they came here to do. It just, they, they prefer doing it a lot more than I prefer doing it. That's all. <laughs> that's, uh, yeah, that's that's one way to look at it, and I think that I, I agree with you that that we came here to experience the contrast, mm -hmm. and so by looking at it and and just experiencing it, we are we are doing that. I you know being a fan of the numbers and uh, uh, numerology, especially Dan Millman's book, Live the 
uh, live the life you were born, love the life you were lived. What? No, hold on. <laughs> <laughs> live the life you were born to live. Yeah, that sounds right. Life you were born to live. No, it's just the life you were born to the live. The life you're born the to live. Yeah. Okay. Live. Yeah. The life you were born to live. Oh my goodness. But anyway, <laughs> uh, looking at that, knowing that, and knowing my numbers, my particular numbers, uh, helps me really. I, I really just believe that not only are we here to experience contrast and demonstrate who we are and create more of who we are, but we're also here to learn those particular issues and challenges and learn how to manage them in our lives and learn how to experience them in equal measure and sort of learn how to balance them in your in our life you know all the issues have you can either have like abraham says all of all you know on one end it's all of it and on the other end it's none of it mm -hmm. and you've got to kind of balance it out right to me it's all about learning that balance and mm. uh i i think that that's a really big part of of life and that if you can learn how to balance those things in your life which people do innately they they know how to do that uh at least the successful people do um <laughs> then you're going to have a successful life you're going to be yeah. happy and joyful and you're going to everything's going to go your way That's true. you know and if you don't and you don't learn how to balance those things and you don't pay attention to uh your inner your inner guide things aren't going to go your way and you're going to have a really tough time of it so mm. I think that's a, an important aspect of life that uh, that looking at the contrast helps us to realize. Jeffrey uh, posted uh, he 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 posted this about what one of his uh, favorite takeaways was from the early afternoon podcast. He says this afternoon was about gratitude and being in the dark. Many people start out cursing the darkness, but once we appreciate the dark and see it as a good thing, we can ease into creating, which is a good way to look at it. Nice. Yeah. Nice. That's good. Yeah. That reminds me of my church sermon this morning that I heard. It was all about gratitude and it mm -hmm. was about uh, sort of being thankful for, in the Bible, they were talking about the earthquakes and floods and things like that and being grateful for those because mm -hmm. those help us to appreciate the good times and they, you can feel the contrast and so, you know, just appreciating it's kind of you have to appreciate everything and uh that reminds me of one of the lines that abraham says that i've been really embracing a lot the past month or so and that is everything's always working out for me it's a good line so no matter what it looks like mm -hmm. if i say that mm -hmm. i just trust that there's going to be something positive coming out of it and you know, you just have to, I just have to keep looking for it. Sometimes I just have to keep looking and looking and looking for that blessing, sure. that silver lining, that good thing that's going to come out of that thing that originally I really perceived as negative. And I, and I really, really am trying not to look at things in a negative way and just say, okay, well, everything's always working out for me, you know? So my refrigerator broke and I spent hours yesterday transferring things to coolers and buying ice and all this kinds of stuff and you know but hey everything's always working out for me now i have a new fridge mm -hmm. so okay it's smaller than the other one okay <laughs> but you know maybe that's going to teach me to be just buy the things that i need and not stock up on things i don't necessarily need i don't know but <laughs> i'm still going with 
everything's always working out for me. Mm-hmm. Well, th- there's a there's there's a vibrational difference between everything is always working out for me and when is the stuff going to show up. <laughs> oh yeah, there's true. a big vibrational difference there. I mean, we often think that they're kind of the same thing, but they're really not because when you're in the place of everything's always working out for me, you can't actually in that moment in time that when you're focusing on that, focus on where's my stuff. It just doesn't, yeah. it, it has an entirely different feel to it. If you were trying to do both of them, you'd be going uh, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth because they don't match. So right. it, that, that's right. the beauty of the ideal. I mean, another way to look at the same ideal is um, the universe has my back. No matter what's going on, no matter how things don't work out, the universe always has my back. And I use that one, particularly when I feel like, you know, the universe is against me, which I know it never is. Or when I think that luck is against me or, you know, I'm in a, in a difficult stretch. The universe always has my back. And as long as I can remember that, I it's easier. It's, com- it's almost like having lubricant to get you through the tough situations, just to have something like that to kind of put in the back of your mind, you know? <laughs> That's good. That's what it is. It's a lubricant. It's like oil, you know. It's three in one oil. Yeah. <laughs> Little WD forty. Little WD forty. Yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness! Yeah. It's one. It's one half of the ideal uh, toolkit, right? You have WD forty and you have duct tape. You put the WD forty <laughs> on anything that doesn't move and is supposed to move, and you put the duct tape on anything that is moving and is not supposed to move. <laughs> right. Duct tape solves all. Yes. <laughs> oh, that's funny. <laughs> oh my goodness. Let's see, we got some more uh stuff here. Oh, Jeffrey's been uh posting like crazy here. He says it um one of his heart uh it's hard because of the pain and fear or guilt and shame, but those are part of our experience, which is absolutely true. And mm-hmm. Belinda jumped in and said, Amen, the universe always has my back and she's got a little smiley face there. She's totally uh resonant with that. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Belinda, yay. All right. Very good, very good, yay! <laughs> As we say in laughter yoga, very good, very good, yay! <laughs> which, which is which was a very important thing in your life, laughter yoga, because that's how you and Mike met. That's true. Right. That's true. I mean, you, true. we 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 started the conversation off talking about trying to introduce the law of attraction to somebody, and you did you got to do it through this laughter yoga because he found this event. That you put on, so he was he was already primed for it just because he came to the event. That made that was a good way to introduce it. Yeah, it was kind of like I had to teach him right about it, you know, about it right away. Right away, it, it happened to me there. He was part of it because I, you know, I was actually in the Buttonwood tree, and I remember very specifically, sort of making this very specific request to the universe for a new mate or qualities about a new mate that I was looking for. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and they, and then he showed up, but I, I was laughing, you know, I mean, I, it was laughter yoga. And I literally, when I met him, I was laughing because I had, uh, you know, this group of people were standing outside of the butt tree waiting to get into in because the door was locked, uh, to their laughter yoga class. And I came down the sidewalk and I was, you know, I, I, I wasn't really late, but Milan, the teacher, hadn't brought her key. And so uh, I was running to get there to let them in. And I felt bad that I was, you know, I had been out jogging. So I was like, oh. jogging. <laughs> so I had to jog literally to get there. Oh, that's funny. In. 
So I, I said, well, what better way to approach this group of people than by laughing? So yeah. Literally, I ran up to the group laughing, <laughs> and then we met, and I, I, you know, things just took off from there. But I, I will always say that laughter is one of the best ways, or at least one of the ways, to align yourself with your your higher good mm-hmm. so once you're when you're aligned then the universe can bring you anything that you have desired and it, it lets things you know lets things manifest in your life when you're when you're feeling appreciative or you're laughing or you're loving or you're joyful all those good feelings that's when you're in alignment and you know i think it's important to recognize that that, that those are signs that you're in alignment when you're feeling good mm. and that when you're not feeling good, you're not in alignment. No kidding. <laughs> you know? Yeah. <laughs> it's important. It's very big. Uh, by the way, I, I got to uh, insert here. Jeffrey wanted to make sure that you knew he loves love stories. So he was he was hanging on your story. <laughs> oh, that's nice. That's nice. Well, maybe, Jeffrey, someday I'll, I'll talk about the, like, entire story, which is, like, really lengthy and... <laughs> But yeah, I do too love, I love love stories too. I, I will often ask a couple like, how did you meet? Mm-hmm. You know, to me, that's, that's always fun to know. So. It is fun. Yeah. Well, actually, yeah. that's what you, me, Mike, and, and, and Louise did the first time we all met. We started telling the stories about how we met and how there was a law of attraction angle to it. And there was for both of us, which was really fun. That's right. Yeah. Also, also, I just realized that there, there may be some people listening who don't know what laughter yoga is. Get, can you give them like a quick description of what laughter yoga is? Sure. Laughter yoga is a, is a practice that comes out of the desire to know if laughter truly is the best medicine. So back in 1995, Dr. Katarian uh, started doing research to see if laughter really was the best medicine. And so he got groups of people together who originally they started telling jokes to each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that didn't work out so well because people's feelings got hurt. And mm. So he just said, all right, we're just going to gather and just laugh. And so now people come together and there's a leader who's trained and you do little simple exercises and you look at each other in the eye and you laugh and you basically force yourself to laugh, which then it becomes very easy and it gets, Every, you know, it's, laughter is contagious, and so one person starts laughing, and then it's easy to laugh, and so you just laugh for a while. And it's called yoga because it involves breathing. When you're mm. laughing heavily, you're breathing, uh, and you're really using your diaphragm. And so the whole purpose of it is to teach yourself and train yourself to laugh when you really don't feel like laughing. Mm. Because in life, when, you know, the crap hits the fan... Uh, or you're at the computer and you're totally frustrated and you want to just rip your hair out. You want to start <laughs> screaming or swearing or throwing things or whatever. Uh, you need to change your vibrational state. And if you laugh, you can do that. Mm-hmm. Laughter just changes your vibrational state. It allows the answers to come to you. It right. allows peace to fill you up. And it's a great way to change your countenance. And it's not easy to do. It is not easy to do. Like you said before, you know, it's simple, but it's not easy. Mm-hmm. And so if you practice it, it actually then does become much easier. And I've been doing laughter yoga for about seven years and, and not religiously, but, uh, but when I'm at work and I'm frustrated and I start laughing, 
it sounds different than just, you know, ha, 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 you're laughing at a joke. And oh, yeah. My staff will say to me, like, are you doing laughter yoga? <laughs> I'll be like, yes. <laughs> Even my granddaughter, I was laughing just the other day at something, and and she could tell. She said, are you doing laughter yoga? <laughs> I said, yes, I am. <laughs> because it's it, it all, initially it, all, it comes out as a different kind of laugh. There are oh, yeah. different kinds of laughter. And that's another thing you do in laughter yoga is you practice different kinds of laughter. Different kinds of laughter, okay. So it's a very helpful tool. I think in life you need to have as many tools in your tool belt as you can possibly put there because you never know when, you know, different circumstances require different tools. That's so true. laughter doesn't always work for me. Sometimes looking at the sun and feeling gratitude for the sun and the clouds is a good way for me to get realigned. Um, sometimes just putting on music. Mm -hmm. I know you, I know you like to put on your I favorite, do. your happy music. You I know, do. music is a great way to get yourself out of a it negative is. vibration into a more positive one. Yep. Oh, no doubt about it. And by the way, for anyone who lives in uh, Central Connecticut area, if you want to at attend a laughter yoga session, Anne Marie's Buttonwood Tree has one coming up this Tuesday, I think it is, isn't it? Tuesday the 20th? Yes, Tuesday, 6 o'clock, yes. Yeah. All right, so yeah. I'm thinking of changing it to 7. What do you think, Walt? Should we change it to 7? You probably get uh, more people being able to make it at 7 than at 6, just because, you know, people are getting home from work and stuff oh. like that. Yeah. I think we're going to switch to seven. Maybe in the month of December, we're going to switch that up, or maybe January, we'll switch it up. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, laughter yoga at the Buttonwood. If you want to know more about the Buttonwood, you can uh, Google buttonwood.org or just go to buttonwood.org. We're also on Facebook and Instagram. Mm -hmm. uh, all kinds of things besides laughter yoga, you know, regular yoga and aligned with source workshop, which is phenomenal. And uh, lots of music and film and storytelling, all kinds of things. You guys it's get some. You get you get amazing arts, amazing uh, musical acts, and all kinds of stuff coming through there. We do. I'm yeah. just blown away by the talent that comes there. I'm mm. so deeply honored by by people that come there. Yeah. <laughs> and that's how we met because we were doing step in. Mike and I were doing step into the vortex, and that's how you and I met. So that's right. I'm grateful. It's a, it's a great connector of people and of of things and and. So I, I, we got connected through the buttonwood tree, and that's just, yay! <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It's true. In fact, uh, we were talking, the, the original topic here, of course, is introducing somebody else to the law of attraction. But you can also use the law of attraction to meet somebody else. It can work both directions. Absolutely. And that's what we did. Because literally, Absolutely. you'd put the thing out about uh, the event. And Louise had said to me, you know, if we're going to do more with the law of attraction, we need some more law of attraction, friends. So I just started doing some searching, and I found your thing, and boom, we had a connection. And it turned into a friendship and, and uh, co-hosting and everything else, and it's been good. Yes, yes. So thank you for having me on. I really appreciate it. I know I'm not a life coach per se, but uh, but I'm still having fun with you. And I'm having uh, fun, too. It's valuable to people. Yeah, I think so. I think it's valuable. Uh, let's see. I, I think I had – did I have another comment? Oh, um, well, Jeffrey just saying uh, that it comes easy for some. I think he's talking about the, the laughter yoga and about laughing. And when yes. we mention the music, he goes, yes, music. So music resonates with him, too. He loves the idea of positive <laughs> music. <laughs> yes, yes. Good. So, Got to like all Very those. Good. Yeah, we're getting, and we're getting quite a few people uh, listening in, so that's great. Um, anybody else who wants to share their ideas about the original topic, of course, is how do you introduce somebody to the law of attraction? And if you want to introduce any uh, uh, particular 
uh, approaches you like to use or, or whatever, feel free. Jeffrey's just put, put something else. He says, I will mention laughter yoga to the groups I belong to in the Portland, Oregon area. Terrific, Jeffrey. So you're going to help spread laughter yoga. That's a good thing. And he says, yeah, he's, he's all over the world and, yeah. uh, they have groups everywhere and it doesn't take, I think it's just a one or two day training to become a laughter leader, which is one of the things on my bucket list to do. And, uh, you can always Google a laughter yoga class on, on the television, on the, you know, YouTube and do right. it. although I really would suggest doing it in person. It's much better in person. I was just going to ask you, is that something, I mean, because I haven't been to one of your uh, laughter yoga workshops yet, so I haven't been through the actual exercise. I was wondering, is it something that actually can work on the internet with video and so forth? It may not. It may, it may just because the synchronization online is a little bit off. Yeah, I, I, I really think it would be better to do in person. Mm -hmm. You know, the energy exchange, you just don't get there when you're talking to a computer. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, energy travels everywhere, but I think there is something about being in the same room with with people. There's there's the body heat. There's there's like a tangible. You can almost taste the energy when you're in the same room with somebody, and you get a group of people yeah. like that. I mean, even though I haven't been through the yoga, the the laughter yoga exercise yet, it's pretty obvious it's going to be a stronger kind of connection doing it that way. I, I think so, and I yeah. think that. You should definitely come one of these days. I'm looking forward to. Uh, I'm uh, Louise and I are thinking of coming this Tuesday. Actually, we may be there this Tuesday. Um, Louise okay. has been uh, kind of under the weather, but uh, I want to see if I can get her to come down there. <laughs> <laughs> okay, good, good. I think it's going to be fun if we do that. Good. Uh, Jeffrey wants to know uh, what are we waiting for. <laughs> <laughs> good question. Good question. Yeah. Okay. So. All right, we've been putting We're it off for a while. You can laugh along with us. That's right. <laughs> you can just laugh. Um, but uh, yeah, so um, it's uh, it's getting close to time. Do you want to give your uh, announcements? Oh, we haven't done announcements. Yeah, we need to do that. Yeah, if you're, are you subscribing? I hope you're subscribing to the podcast. If you're not subscribing, I don't know what it's what, what you are subscribing. Okay, I know you're subscribing. So that's good. Okay. <laughs> And everybody else should be. But if you're not yet a subscriber, please become one because it's so easy to do. I mean, if you're listening in the Facebook group, I've got links in the uh, the description for this particular post where you're watching this. So you can click those links. Um, if you're listening through another source and you don't have links readily available, just go to the homepage of our website, LOAToday.net, and you'll find links right there. Two great big icons, one for Android, one for iPhone, iPad users. You just click the right one and it walks you right through it. And once you're subscribed, then please put out there on social media so that other people can find out about your Daily Dose of Happy. Because, I mean, our goal is to get this into the hands of as many people, thousands, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of people. And and you, we were talking earlier today, Emery, about, um, about doing little vignettes when you're trying to... Uh, you know, imagine what it is that you want and, and, and create the feeling of it, you know, uh, assuming the feeling of the wish fulfilled and so forth. My little vignette is, and, and I haven't been able to fill it out entirely because I'm not, <laughs> it's, it's pretty big. My little vignette is 10,000 people listening per episode. 
to every single wow. podcast. And ask, and the way I, the way I try to make it real in my mind is I imagine you and Cindy and Joel and Tom and Linda and Patty all saying, Hey, we got the 10,000. This is great. And so I, I imagine you guys, I'm watching you on my screen and all of you are saying, we had 10,000. Hooray, hooray. That's my little vignette. Oh, yay. <laughs> but, nice. but I have to admit, it's even with, with that, if I try to go in the other direction of trying to think, what's it like to have 10,000 people? listening and watching and interacting and my mind boggles when i get there i i, I boggle beyond 400 <laughs> so 10,000 is just like wow so that's why i go with the other one which is you guys reacting to me because that one i can imagine that one i can imagine fairly easily <laughs> good yeah well, that's good well i i can't imagine myself reacting to that i'm gonna have to work on that one I, thinking about 10,000 10, uh, viewers. So. The, the one thing I know, this, and you may have picked this up from the conversations that Cindy and I were having about the Neville Goddard books, is you want to make the vignette as simple and small as you can. It, it, it can literally be nothing more than five seconds worth of activity. The most important part is that you are an active player in the activity. So I, I think the, uh, uh, the example that Cindy gave this afternoon was you can imagine – somebody climbing a ladder or you can imagine going up to the ladder, grabbing it, feeling it, feeling the size of the ladder, feeling your feet touching the, the, the rungs of the ladder. You can imagine yourself climbing the ladder and that's the kind of vignette you want. The one, one where you are an active participant in the vignette. Cause if you can do that, if you can make yourself that actively a, a part of it, well, first of all, you're living in the now when you're doing that, you're, you're imagining in the now. Your, your imagination is, is as real as you can make it right here, right now. Whereas if you're just kind of looking at yourself, you know, off from a distance or looking at somebody climbing a mirror, you're not as connected. It's not, it doesn't have the feeling component to it. So you, you want to make sure that it, that you are actively a part of it. And, and the example that Neville gives is shaking somebody's hand. Um, I don't know if you heard that particular episode, but, uh, in that episode, we told the story, and I think it was the story of a guy who had attended one of Neville's talks and was uh, trying to put it into practice, and he was into ballroom dancing. He had been taking ballroom dancing lessons from an Arthur Murray studio, and this was back in the 1950s, so this was like in the earliest days of Arthur Murray. Yeah. And he wanted to have his own studio. The studio he wanted, he wanted, I don't know why, maybe he was in Las Vegas or Reno or something like that, but he wanted the studio to be in Nevada. He wanted a franchise that was in Nevada. And I think there was already one there that he didn't have, but he just decided he, that's what he wanted. So he imagined himself shaking hands with the regional director for Arthur Murray, who was congratulating him for taking over this particular franchise. And you know what? That actually played out. Just the way he had imagined it. This, this franchise became available. The regional director came to him and said, would you like this? He says, yeah, I'd love to. They arranged the financing, all that stuff. And the regional director shook his hands and congratulated him for taking control of his new franchise in, in Nevada. Well, that shows how powerful it is to focus on just the one little thing where you put yourself into it. Because you can imagine that. You can imagine your, your standards. You can feel your feet on the ground. You can imagine reaching out and you can imagine feeling the hand and you're shaking the hand. And that's all you have to do. You don't have to make it more involved than that. That's what's so beautiful about these, this vignette concept. You keep it as simple and as small as possible. It's a really cool thing. And I, I think that... And I think that what you bring up a good point is that uh, it, 
kind of small in that, and not really necessarily small, but that it's it's within your reach of belief. Mm-hmm. You know, if you you've got to still be able to believe it, and so you you might need to take steps. So you say, well, just think about this, and then you can reach that, and then you can reach, then you can go for something bigger and more grand. You know, he just reached, he got one studio, mm-hmm. and then after he got the one studio. Then he wound up getting more studio. Right, right. I, I, I do remember now hearing about that. Yeah. Yeah. So he just started with one, though. He just started you know, with he one. He didn't say, I want a whole fleet of them. I, <laughs> you know, I, I just want one. I, I want my own. He got his own, and then he got more. Mm-hmm. Well, Jeffrey actually posted, dream big, Walt. Things are always working out for you. And, and he's right. That is true. And my dream is big. It's just that I need to be able to visualize the dream. I need to make the dream something I can yeah. imagine. 10,000 yeah. listeners is too much for me to imagine, but I can imagine you guys talking to me. So I dream the part that I can imagine, the part that I can turn into some sort of a picture or image or experience that I can be a part of. And that's all I need to have. I mean, the the, the dream is out there. It's it, The rocket of a desire for 10,000 or more listeners, is, I put that out there so many times, there are probably about 50 copies of it out there. That's not the problem. There's no problem there at all. <laughs> lots of lots of rockets of desire out there. All I got to do is just imagine the part that I can remember that happens right afterward where I hear Patty Framel saying to me, congratulations, you got to 10,000 per, per, per play. That's fantastic. You know, that's all I have to do. <laughs> that is good, Walt. That is good, Walt. And someday we will be there. And Jeffrey said, uh, we will get you to 10,000. All right. Thank you, Jeffrey. I appreciate it. <laughs> All right. See, it's great. Life is wonderful when you have friends. That's what I say. <laughs> the uh, friends are going to help you get there, right? I agree. Absolutely. Well, this has been yeah. good. This has been a really good session. Um, before we go, let's uh, also remind people again. I mean, you touched on it earlier, but talk again about the Buttonwood and how they, they can find out more about it, especially if they live in central Connecticut or maybe if they're just visiting New England and they want to drop by and see what the Buttonwood's all about. Sure, sure. So the Buttonwood, the Buttonwood Tree is a nonprofit performing arts studio. We're located on Main Street in Middletown, Connecticut. And our website is buttonwood.org. You can see what, what's happening there. We have all kinds of things. We do about roughly about 40 to 45 events every single month. And uh, it, it's a busy place. Uh, we have a little bookstore. We have a little small cafe, snack shop, and we have an art gallery. And then we put on, uh, we have a performance room where we put on all kinds of shows, storytelling, laughter yoga, regular yoga, open mics, teen open mic. Uh, we have uh, all kinds of uh, world-class performers and local performers come. And uh, maybe we'll even have Mark Evans on one day. Yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah, that'd be fabulous. Yeah, I I continue to be amazed. I mean, you basically have two decent-sized rooms. That's your place. And what you get out of those two rooms is just (laughs) (laughs) mind-boggling. It really is. and then sometimes we go off-site. Like in April 5th, we're going to be doing a big concert with Tempest. Oh, wow. Which is this great, amazing Celtic band out of L.A. And they're coming. We're doing a benefit for the Buttonwood Tree and for our next-door neighbor, the Amazing Grace uh, uh, Food Pantry and St. Vincent de Paul Soup Kitchen. Very nice. Very nice. So, All right. The well, Celtic music, April 5th. Be there. All right. Sounds good. <laughs> Well, this has been a pleasure, and I look forward to talking next week. I will have to figure out what our topic is, but as soon as we know what it is, we'll post it in the group so everybody knows what to do and when to come. Sound good to you? Sounds great, Walt. Thank you. All right. Well, hope that uh, you all have a great week. Yes. Looking up. Always look on the bright side. Absolutely. uh, 
feel good, you know, gratitude, 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 joy, joy, joy. And by the way, keep tuning in next time here on LOA Today. Goodbye, everybody.